Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the MLB Early Bird Podcast for August 28th, 2020. Of course, we are here to break down this slate of MLB action, which... We believe we're going to break down the slate like all these games are going to happen. We all know what's going on in our world, but we are here to break down these games. As we do the show, we do not have any DraftKings uh, salaries. We do not have any FanDuel salaries. We don't even know what time the main slate is going to be. We're thinking the main slate is going to be at 7.05. Could be 6.37 with the Orioles and the Blue Jays. Uh, we do have a couple of doubleheader games, so, uh, but we are here to break this one down. Of course, uh, we are sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. They are the most trusted name in fantasy sports. Yahoo DFS now includes CSV upload and CSV edit features. When you're looking to play those multiple lines, make better choices, choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. And Adam got to mention, just get your take right off the start. Tristan McKenzie is the most expensive pitcher tomorrow on Yahoo. Yeah, coming off of a, a great major league debut, one of the, the top pitching prospects for Cleveland uh, looked really, really good in his start. Not not quite sure I, I agree with him being the most expensive pitcher on the slate in his second major league start against St. Louis, but uh, certainly you know has, has the pedigree and, and looked really good his first time out. Yeah, Zach Grinke, uh, the second most expensive pitcher on Yahoo at $45. Kyle Hendricks, 43 Frankie Montas at $42. Those are your pitchers that are over $40 on Yahoo. So you definitely got to check out Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. They are the sponsor of this podcast. But uh, mentioned got a, you know, 17 total games tomorrow. Of course, a couple of those games, uh, we do not expect to, uh, we got, you know, two double headers with the Twins and Tigers, Mets and the Yankees. Uh, but we're going to uh, kick off by starting about talking about the games that start, uh, in the 7 p.m. Eastern time hour. We'll start off with the Braves and the Phillies. Uh, we're expecting that, uh, you know, Robbie Ireland is going to get the start for the Braves, Zach Wheeler to get the start for the Phillies. Yeah, so um, Robbie Erlin in a tough spot against Atlanta. Yeah, in a, in a tough spot against Philly. Um, got got the teams mixed up, but has um, limited sample this year. Has given up a lot of power to righties and a lot of power to lefties. Not really a, a matchup where I'm looking to get to. I'm more likely to be looking to you know bats like Andrew McCutcheon, like Reese Hoskins. On the other side, though, definitely some interest in Wheeler. Um, Atlanta, I believe, had or got. Ronald Acuna back so yeah he, he should be in the lineup that obviously is another really really potent bat for the Braves but it also does give you some strikeouts um, but you know we've talked about it before it's a lineup that has plenty of strikeouts in it a little bit different than it used to be in the past still still a really dangerous lineup but depending where the salary comes in on Zach Wheeler he does have good strikeout stuff he does generally do a good job of limiting um, power as well the strikeouts haven't been there for him this season. Only a 17% strikeout percentage to lefties, 15% to righties. But um, last season, he struck out about 23% of righties, 24% of lefties. I expect he will sooner or later get back to those numbers. 
Yeah, I should mention that uh, Bryce Harper had a two-run homer off Robbie in, in the last time they went up against each other. Back on, on August the 10th, it was, uh, you know, he did allow three homers and 43 pitches uh, in a relief appearance against the Phillies back on August the 10th. So we'll see how this one goes. But, I mean, look, it, it is kind of tough to, to completely break the, the bats down this one because we have no clue what the prices are going to be. Yeah, exactly. You're kind of just guessing. And we know that yesterday the Philly bats were really cheap. I don't know if that'll be the case against Erlin or not. If it is, then obviously you're looking to Hoskins, McCutcheon, Real Muto. On the other side, not as interested to, to take bats against uh, Wheeler because, you know, like I said, typically outside of the beginning of the season, he does a good job of getting strikeouts. Even this year, he hasn't really allowed any power whatsoever. So certainly more interested in the, the Philly bats. Then we got the Cubs and the Reds. Kyle Hendricks going to be going for the Cubbies. The last time that he faced the Reds, he gave up six runs back on July the 29th. Uh, is the Reds a, a, a potential stack that you're already looking at? Probably not. I tend to think that Hendricks is a pretty good pitcher, at least in, in real life terms. Generally does a good job of, of limiting production. The strikeouts aren't really there from a DFS standpoint, but less than one home run per nine innings this year. Doesn't walk guys, keeps guys off base, typically can get relatively deep in the games. The Mets, or the, the Reds do have some some solid left-handed bats with Winker and, and Moustakis and Votto. But with it being, or we're, we're guessing, it being uh, a pretty large slate, probably 12 games, uh, I think there's going to be spots that I like to attack more than, than Hendricks. Uh, we you know we look at this uh, Cubs lineup, especially with Chris Bryant out. Uh, Ian Happ is a guy that I kind of been looking to a, a lot. Is that guy that you like? Yeah, he's typically been hitting um, towards the top of the lineup or at the top of the lineup for Chicago, which has been nice. Switch hitter has some power. Um, Tyler Molly listed on one site that I'm looking at for the Reds. Wade Miley listed on a, a different site. I think Miley just pitched, but I, I could be wrong. Um, neither one is a guy that I'd really be afraid of, though. If it's Molly, he's someone that typically does much better against righties than lefties, but Hap would have the platoon advantage. If it's Miley, he's someone that typically doesn't do well against anybody with a bat, and so Hap would still have the advantage. Yeah, Tyler is listed as a starter at MLB.com, but as we all know, things uh, do tend to change a lot. Uh, next up, we got the Rays and the Marlins. Of course, uh, the Rays were supposed to play on Thursday night, and uh, I know just you know living here in Tampa, following some of the reporters, it you know kind of how that scene unfolded at, at Tropicana Field. Ryan Yarborough was supposed to get the start tonight, um, but now he is slated to get the start tomorrow against the Marlins. Yeah, I think it's actually a little bit better matchup for Yarbrough, who is still not the most appealing pitcher. Um, it's definitely a spot where I'm going to be interested to see where ownership comes in because he's just not a really high strikeout pitcher. And he's also got at least some risk as far as how deep into the game they let him go. He's coming off of a start where he, he threw 97 pitches. But we've seen a lot of shorter starts out of him this year as well. Obviously, in the past, they've used him more as an opener. And they said coming into the season that he was going to be a true starter. But they haven't really treated him like one. So I think there, there's plenty of risk, and he's not a great strikeout pitcher anyway. But with it being a matchup against the Marlins, I think you probably do see some ownership going there, assuming that the price tag is reasonable, uh, just because you know everyone knows that it's, it's a good matchup against Miami. So we kind of talked about it, Josh and I, on the morning show yesterday when we thought he was going to face the Orioles, that it was an okay matchup, but he just has pretty legitimate concerns from a DFS standpoint. And, you know, Those concerns are going to be the same in an even better matchup against Miami. Yeah, I mean, we don't know who's going to be on the mound for Miami, but uh, you look at these raised bats, 
Um, you know, obviously being here in Tampa, you, you get to kind of get a feel of, of these bats, but, uh, it, it, you know, are they a team you're looking at offensively as potential, uh, you know, maybe some low ownership? Yeah, they're a team that I typically do like offensively because they normally have a lineup that matches up pretty well with whatever pitchers, you know, assuming that the Miami doesn't have a, a really good pitcher going. But if you have a righty out there, you, you'll have guys like Meadows, Brandon Lau, D-Man Choi, Sutsugo, who, who has power with the platoon advantage. If it's a lefty for Miami, you get the platoon advantage for Hunter Renfro, for Jose Martinez. So regardless, you're going to have guys in this lineup that have a lot of power. And on a lot of slates, it seems like they kind of go overlooked for some of the more, I guess, popular names. Uh, then we got the Nationals and the Red Sox. Max Scherzer slated to get the start for the Nationals. Uh, Chris Mazas slated to get the start for the Red Sox. These are two guys who were supposed to start tonight, meaning Thursday night. Uh, Max Scherzer, by the way, his price, uh, they were going up against the Phillies, was 10900 on DraftKings, 10600 on FanDuel. Uh, Chris on the other side, 4800 and 5500 respectively. Yeah, so I mean, assuming Scherzer is going to be one of the most or the most expensive pitcher on the slate, but I don't have any issue with that here going up against the Red Sox team that has not been good this season. You still have some solid bats in there with Devers, Martinez, and Bogarts, uh, Moreland to some extent, but just not the same quality of lineup that it was in the past. Obviously, no Mookie bats really hurts them, and Scherzer is a great pitcher, so... You know, the I guess the one negative would be that they do have some left-handed power, and he can run into issues there. But unless the price tag goes up from where it was supposed to be yesterday against Philly, I'm still going to be really, really interested in Scherzer. And Chris Mazza, I assume, will be the cheapest or one of the cheapest pitchers on the slate, and I really just don't care. He he, Nothing in his minor league numbers stood out as something that made me interested in rostering him. He's made, I, I believe, a, hand, a couple appearances this year. Um, I think he's thrown like five innings, so it's not like he's fully stretched out even. Um, so yeah, I mean, not, not interested in Mazza, but certainly interested in going to Scherzer. Are the Nats bats in that case become someone that you're targeting? Yeah, I, I think so. Because even though, you know, this is another lineup that's not as formidable as it was last year, but you still get a nice combination of power and just guys that put the ball in play, which, you know, obviously gives you upside in DFS. Um, Trey Turner comes with the stolen base upside as well, mm-hmm. but you get a ton of power from Juan Soto, who's one of the better hitters in the game. Um, Cabrera has some pop. Kendrick has some pop. Suzuki's got good power for a catcher. So, you know, still not, it's not as fun a lineup to stack as it used to be, but, you know, still either mini stacking or, or just at least being able to build around like Turner or Soto and, and, you know, Ren, or Kendrick in the middle of that order is still pretty appealing. Uh, then we got the Dodgers and the Rangers. Dustin May on the hill for the Dodgers. Mike Miner on the hill for the Rangers. Uh, you know, Dustin May, I mean, obviously the thing that, that concerns you from a DFS perspective is only one strikeout in his last appearance. Yeah, May is, is really weird to me because he's one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. He, he has been for a couple of years or for a few years. Um, but his minor league numbers never jumped off the page as far as strikeouts go. But it seems like they should based on his stuff. He he's, throws 97, 98 miles an hour. He has some of the nastiest movement on his fastball that I've seen in, in the majors, especially if somebody that throws that hard. It's really weird to me that the strikeout numbers have really never been there at, at the same at the level that you would expect someone with that kind of stuff to have. Maybe he gets there eventually, but until that's the case, it's someone that you really want to be aware of where his price comes in because – he's typically going to be relatively expensive because of the name value that he has and because of his prospect status. But, you know, obviously strikeouts are king in DFS, so you don't really want to pay a premium for a guy that just hasn't really shown elite strikeout ability at at any level so far. 
Mike Miner, obviously, he, you look at the stat line, it's not been a good start for him here in 2020. 0-5 on the year, only 29 strikeouts, uh, you know, near 7. ERA, uh, you know, pitching at home, he's pitched there three times this year, nearly a 5 ERA. Uh, obviously, the Dodger bats are always going to be a, a lineup that everyone's going to, you know, look towards. For me, it's always, can you construct a roster when you're stacking Dodger bats? Yeah, for sure. And and so one other thing I wanted to mention on May, because I kind of forgot to make the obligatory mention that Texas is terrible and you don't have to be a great strikeout pitcher to rack up strikeouts here. So um, obviously a good matchup and I'm sure he'll get some ownership. But on the other side, yeah, you know, minor not off to um, a great start this year. Obviously a terrible matchup against the Dodgers who have a, a ton of power in their lineup. Um I think with it being, we're guessing it's going to be a 12 game slate. There's going to be enough value that you can get to the Dodgers bats, whether you know you're, you're find a pitcher to pay down for it, or there's just enough cheap bats on the slate to go to. I think that you, you'll be able to do it. Um, Minor, you know, I still think, despite his start to this year, I still think is a decent pitcher. But the Dodgers are always a team that I'm looking to stack just because of how much power there is top to bottom in that lineup. Uh, then we got the Royals and the White Sox. Rinaldo Lopez going for the White Sox. It'll be his first, uh, his second start since coming off the ten day IL. And then up for the Royals, we got Danny Duffy. Um, th- there's also probably I just thought of it. There's a decent chance probably that Jordan Lyles gets the start for Texas because he was supposed to pitch point, on yeah. Thursday. If that's the case, then. I go from liking the Dodgers to just absolutely loving the Dodgers and wanting as much as I can get. Um, as far as the Royals and, and White Sox game, um, Ronaldo Lopez, not very good his first time out, just basically an enigma from a fantasy standpoint. You had a couple of years ago where it looked like he was turning the corner and really going to uh, you know, solidify himself as a mainstay in their rotation and live up to his prospect status. And then he kind of just fell off the face of the earth and, and hasn't really been good since. It's a pretty good matchup against Kansas City, but – unless his price tag is cheap, I don't really see myself getting there. Um, I will have some interest in Duffy, especially if he's in that like $6,800 range on DraftKings where he normally finds himself. It's a really, really scary matchup against the White Sox because they do have a ton of right-handed power. But Duffy's strikeout stuff has been good this year. Um, He's a pitcher in the past that's kind of shown inconsistency. But so far this year, he has a 28% strike percentage to hitters from both sides of the plate. He does still give up some power with a 203 ISO to righties, and that that's the concern. You know, there's not a lot of margin for error when you're facing Tim Anderson, Mancada, Grandal, Abreu, Jimenez, Encarnacion, Luis Robert, all from uh, the right side. It, it's it, it can go south pretty quickly, but I think that that'll probably help keep his his salary lower, and it'll make it so you can use him as an SP two and get to teams like the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean Abreu obviously had a tremendous weekend last weekend. He's uh right now when you when you look at you know the hottest hitters in baseball, he's right up there batting five hundred. Um, so yeah, he he has had been on absolute fire. Uh, in terms of the Royals bats, Sal Perez is obviously at that catcher spot is always someone people are going to be looking at. But is there some other Royals bats that uh, you know have been treating you well, nice uh, recently? <laughs> Not that have been treating me well, but um, I, I think that you'll probably get a really good salary on Ryan O'Hearn, who typically is in the middle of this order. He hits from the left side, has some power. One of Lofty's uh, favorite players in baseball for I don't really know what reason, but uh, in a you know a good spot against Ronaldo Lopez. So that's the spot you can go to for value. You know, not you don't really like going to value bats at first base all that much because there's so much opportunity cost to the position, but. You're, you're at least not totally punting it with O'Hearn. He does have some power, and Lopez has allowed a 210 ISO to lefties since last season. 
I want to let you know about a giveaway that we do have going on where you can win a month of Awesome Plus MLB Access. Just reply to the pinned tweet on the Awesome Twitter account, which is at Awesome underscore com, with your prediction of which team scores the most runs tonight, and follow the instructions on the graphic to make sure you are eligible. So let you know about that Twitter giveaway that we got going on right now over at the Awesome Twitter handle, Awesome underscore com. Then we got the Pirates and the Brewers. Um, Derek Holland. I just feel like I'm just going to. Roster Brewers because Derek Holland's on the mound. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, he he kind of I think he had like one or two starts this year where um, it it seemed like he was really putting things together. He's someone that I convinced myself when he was with the Giants a year or two ago that, that he figured some things out, but <laughs> this doesn't seem like it's the case. Um, the strikeout stuff's been about average this year, but he's allowed a three twenty nine ISO to righty so far, two eighty seven expected ISO um, since the start of last year. He's allowed a three twenty five ISO to righties, which is just absurd so looking to the right-handed power in the the milwaukee lineup you know you have obviously al garcia you have keston hira smoke not the best from the right side but still has that advantage ryan braun right-handed i i think that it's you know just a really high upside spot um to target home runs you know we always talk about the pirates and the the lack of offense that that pirates bring to the table so is corbin burns going for the brewers somebody that's uh on the radar I'm really interested in Burns here because uh, when he came up last year with Milwaukee, he looked like he had the stuff to really be dominant, but it turned out that he was he, he could not get left-handed hitters out. He was lights out against righties, but just pounded by lefties. Last year, he struck out 38% of righties. He only struck out 19% of lefties. He allowed a 373 ISO to lefties. This year, he's added a cutter. He's throwing it 37% of the time to lefties, whereas last year, it, it didn't really exist. So he has this uh, pitch that you know he's he's – created basically so far it has a 17 and a half percent swinging strike percentage to lefties he's allowed um no power on it so far and so i think that at the very least you know the fact that he's getting those swings and misses on this new pitch he's struck out one third of the lefties he's faced so far you know i i think that if he really can if he really has turned the corner and can get lefties out he's going to be a very very good pitcher very quickly i think and i don't think that the salaries are going to catch up really that, that fast you know, we mentioned about Tristan McKenzie for the Indians, and this is going to be fascinating to see what his salary is on DK and, and FanDuel. Yeah, I think so. And I, I remember in his first start, he was either 5,400 or 5,800 on DraftKings. And so my assumption is that it's going to, it'll go up. He had a great start, but I would be surprised if you get the same sort of respect for him that Yahoo is giving him, where he's the highest priced pitcher on the slate. I would expect you know, that they bump it to maybe like mid seven Ks, even low eight Ks. But I think it'll probably still be at least a, a reasonable price point. Um, pulling up his numbers on fan graphs now, because I don't know exactly how his minor league numbers, minor league numbers look, but I know he is one of uh, Cleveland's top prospects. Fan graphs has him as the number three prospect in the system. He struck out last year. He pitched 90 and two thirds innings at double a, he struck out 24% of hitters, walked 7.7%, didn't allow much power. So, uh, you know, a decent strikeout percentage at double A, especially uh, considering he's only, he was only, I think, 22 last year. So, uh, or 21 or 22 last year. So, um, young for the level, which which is good to see. I think he looks like he should be good. And the Cardinals are a, a kind of middle-of-the-road matchup. So, um, I, I'll be more interested if we do get a cheaper, you know, 6500 7K price tag, if it gets up into the 8K range. It's not that I think it becomes unplayable, but it starts to you know just be a lot less appealing. 
Well, that's where you know I'm going to look at that ownership. I mean, let's just say let's just say he's eight thousand. Just throw a number out there. Like I kind of feel like when you your first start, you go out there and strike out ten guys. I'm thinking if he's around, if he's eight K, that ownership's going to be pretty much up there. Yeah, and you know, obviously, it depends. Uh, also, you know, on the rest of the pricing. But like, if so, like, let's say McKenzie's eight K and Burns is eight K. I'd rather go to I'd rather go to Burns. Um, if you know Burns is eighty five hundred and McKenzie's seven K. Then I think that there's a lot of merit in going to McKenzie, especially if the ownership is is kind of evenly distributed amongst those two. In terms of the other side of the Cardinals, uh, Ponce de Leon getting the start for or expected to get the start for the Cardinals. I, I guess we should say we should probably say for all these teams with everything right. that that's going on over the over the past couple of days. Um, you know, what, what's your take on him going up against the Indians lineup, which obviously is a you know they're they're a, a lineup you fear. Yeah, they're you know a pretty scary lineup. They have a lot of left-handed power. Ponce de Leon so far this year has been really good. He's struck out about 30% of hitters that he's faced uh, so far. The the splits are certainly favorable as far or they favor you know he strikes out right-handed hitters at a much higher clip at 42% this year compared to 24% of lefties. He's given up some power to lefties, which isn't really what you want to see when you talk about having to face Francisco Lindor and Carlos Santana and Jose Ramirez. So another guy that I think it's going to be really price dependent. Like if, if you tell me that I have to pay $8,500 on DraftKings to roster Daniel Ponce de Leon against the Indians, I think I'm going to pass pretty quickly. But if you say, oh, the Indians are good, so you only have to pay 6800 for Ponce de Leon, then it, it starts to become pretty appealing. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we're back in Coors Field, so I guess the, the, the question simply is, hey, where, where are the Rockies going to come up in that top stacks tool? Yeah, I think it's a it's a more appealing matchup for the Padres than the Rockies. Um, assuming so, the listed pitchers right now we have Antonio Sensatella for the Rockies and Garrett Richards for the Padres. Still, you know, not looking to roster either pitcher unless the pricing is really really weird. But Richards does have better stuff than Sensatella does, and we mentioned it a lot that while the ball does carry better in Colorado, a lot of the the reason that you like stacking in cores is because of how many extra hits there are the outfield is huge more balls fall in singles turn into doubles etc and so obviously when you have a pitcher that pitches the contact like Senzatella does that's a little bit more beneficial than someone like Garrett Richards that at least has the potential to go out there and, and make you not hit the ball um, so obviously I'm interested in both offenses but I think that you know if that is the pitching matchup I'll have more interested in the San Diego side and the thing to me always when we're talking about a game of course field is just salaries. As we mentioned, we don't we don't know what the salaries are going to be, but you know, just based on history, we can kind of you know, know that we're going to have to pay up for both these teams. Yeah, and um, one cores at least it feels like has been pretty disappointing this year too. I know I haven't had much success stacking in cores, but with it being probably a twelve game slate, you should have relatively low ownership. Um, on most stacks, but um, I think if the salaries are expensive on the Padres and the Rockies, it'll probably keep their ownership down a bit more. So uh, I really like going to them on these bigger slates because typically the ownership, you know, just doesn't get nearly as high as, as it would on smaller ones. Yeah, and if, if people have not seen the bomb that Tatis hit off the off the building uh, here today or yesterday, man, it just that kid is absolutely balling just right now. Uh, then we got the Athletics and the Astros. Uh, Chris Bassett, who was supposed to pitch on Thursday, he gets to start here, and Lance McCullers getting the start for the Astros. Yeah, pretty br- uh, rough break for Chris Bassett going from facing uh, Texas to facing the Astros. Not really the the move that you want. And he goes from, I think, being 
one of the best pitching options yesterday to essentially being someone I'm not interested in here. Uh, obviously, more pitchers to choose from than we thought we were going to have yesterday and a much worse matchup against Houston. On the other side, you have McCullers, who has been really disappointing this year from a strikeout standpoint. He's only struck out about 18.5% of hitters, regardless of which side of the plate they hit from. He's given up a ton of power to lefties so far. Started out the year at least having trouble with his curveball, it seemed like. So not really interested in either pitcher. Um, I, th- I think if I had to go to one, I would lean towards McCullers just because while both teams have a lot of power, the A's do have a bit more strikeout upside in their lineup for McCullers. But I think you're going to end up just being able to find pitching that you like better on this slate. In terms of the bats in this game, do you favor one team over the other? I'd favor the Astros, I think. It, it's it's so tough with McCullers because I still don't really know what to make of him. Like He's such a weird pitcher anyway because he relies so heavily on his curveball, and his curveball is so different than pretty much anyone else's that it's always tough to really – like diagnose what's going wrong with him. So I don't feel confident going against him, but I do feel confident saying he's given up a lot of power to lefties so far. Um, you know, Matt, which makes Matt Olson stand out from the, the A side. As far as Bassett goes, he's allowed a 226 expected ISO to lefties, 146 to righties this year. Um, so again, you know, you're looking for the, the platoon advantage there, which would point you towards uh, Kyle Tucker, who, um, you know, would probably stand out the most from the Astros side. Uh, then we got the Mariners and the Angel Angels. Andrew Haney is on the mound for the Angels. Yeah, uh, got another guy that it just seems like is really really difficult to get right. And Andrew Haney, he has good strikeout stuff. He also has the ability to just get absolutely destroyed. So far this year, twenty four point eight percent strikeout percentage for Haney. So you know the strikeout upside's there. The Mariners have plenty of strikeouts in their lineup. They'll have a mostly right-handed lineup you would expect in this spot. But Heaney struck out 28.5% of righties since the start of last season. Problem is he's also allowed a 220 expected ISO to them. So, you know, a really, really boomer bust spot. I think that if his salary comes in, you know, in the mid-7Ks or around 8K, you probably get a lot of ownership going to Heaney. But, you know, for good reason because he'll project well. I think it's a spot where if you're playing a lot of lineups, you probably – can look to both sides because you'll want to have Haney's upside, but you also can look to like Kyle Lewis and Austin Nola as right-handed power bats from the the Seattle lineup. In terms of uh, <clears throat> for the Mariners, we got uh, Nick on the mound, the 24-year-old left-handed pitcher. Um, you know, he's you know he's recently moved into the rotation. What what's your, you know, you know I I don't feel like I'm really too many times looking at Seattle pitching, but what, what's your take on him? So my take on him used to be that I had no idea how he was in the major leagues. Um, He's been better this year, which is going to be expensive for me if it holds up. Um, He's struck out 24.5% of righties so far. He's not getting swings and misses. I don't really know how he's doing it. I I don't totally believe in it, at least, you know, as of yet. And it is a tough matchup against the Angels. I'm not really interested in taking a pitcher, a left-handed pitcher that I don't think is very good. That's also facing Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, and, you know, the rest of that Angels lineup. But it's at least a spot that I'm interested in seeing how he does because, you know, maybe he did make changes and and he's not going to be the terrible pitcher he was with the Padres. <laughs> uh, and then our final game of the night is the Giants and the D-backs. We have no idea who's pitching on either <laughs> side as we do this show. So kind of really, we can't really break down any pitching in this one, but uh, what's kind of your take on the hitters uh, in on both sides of this? Yeah. So I'm trying to pull up to see who ended up pitching yesterday. So Gossman went yesterday for the Giants and Logan Webb went, for the Giants. 
So, and I think Cueto pitched recently. Yeah, he yeah Cueto pitched what, Tuesday night. I want to say that that sounds right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'll I'll prefer the Diamondbacks bats to the Giants bats. I would feel pretty confident saying um, because they're just typically better, and I do like the Diamondbacks lineup. They have a nice combination of power, speed, switch hitters, so that you know they have the platoon advantage pretty consistently. Um, so I, I do like the Diamondbacks in general. Uh, obviously, it'll depend to some extent on who's pitching for San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as we head in tomorrow, it's going to be a lot about what what is the main slate games. That's going to be the first thing, and obviously, the salaries because as we do this early bird podcast, we the salaries are not known. But of course, uh, when you're looking to uh, you know get that edge to, to build your lineup, you need to get an Osmo Plus. MLB weekly pass for fifteen ninety five. This gives you the access to player projections, ownership projections, the top pitchers tools, and so much more. So you gotta check out that MLB weekly pass for fifteen ninety five. Go to Osmo.com forward slash join to sign up for that weekly pass today. Uh, you know, so as uh, as we sit here with no salaries, I mean, obviously I know you're sitting here waiting for when those salaries are going to pop up, but uh, what, what are you looking forward to tomorrow in terms of building your lineups? Yeah, so one thing that I did, um, the Diamondbacks did not play yesterday. So I think you're going to get Zach Gallen for the Diamondbacks against the Giants. That's someone that I love rostering. I think he's really, really good. Um, if he is pitching, he'll come in with one of the, the highest strikeout percentages on the slate at 29.5% this year. So he'd be someone that if I'm not quite paying up to the Scherzer range, assuming you get you know a couple thousand dollar discount with the gallon, I'd, I'd be really interested in. But outside of that, you know, just excited to hopefully have uh, a close to full baseball slate. Um, you know, I, I think it looks like a pretty good one as far as a lot of offenses that look appealing, a lot of pitchers that I think look appealing. Um, so it doesn't seem like it's shaping up to be one of those slates where you know you're really holding your nose at, at who you have to roster. I think it should be a pretty fun one with uh, some spread out ownership, hopefully. Yeah, I think we've all been kind of scrambling over the last two days of whether we're you know two days ago with the NBA with with everything that was going on there when uh, I had so much Nick Vucevic, I was trying to figure out how I could swap him out the very last second, and then of course uh, on Thursday night when it became very clear that. Uh, if we were going to have baseball, it was going to be a two-game main slate. I was trying to figure out, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have a lot of y- Ryan Yarborough. Right. <laughs> How much is too much? Um, I, I just – I don't – man, I, I hate playing slate to two games. I just hate oh, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I withdrew because I had registered for the six-game baseball slate yesterday. I withdrew once it got down to three games. I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing this. But I did kind of think that the one – the whatever Wednesday – was kind of fun from a strategy standpoint because you got the game kind of canceled like throughout the night and you got the lineup changing. So like from a strategy standpoint, it was kind of fun because like it, it kind of based on who was left, for example, it was like you knew such a large percentage of the field was going to go to Robbie Ray and go to, you know, like Oakland bats. You could kind of just say like, I'm just going to play against the field and feel really confident that you knew where they were going. So you don't, you don't normally get that kind of a um, opportunity. And so it's kind of, it was kind of fun for a change at least. Yeah, it's we'll, we'll uh you know we'll we'll see what uh you know what kind of slate we have tomorrow 
course, uh, be sure to be uh, locked in awesomeo.com on Friday. We got the strategy show at 11 a.m. Eastern time, and then we've got live before lock at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, that is going to wrap it up for the MLB Early Bird Podcast. Of course, uh, be sure to check out our sponsor, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports, as they now have CSV Upload and CSV Edit to make your multiple lineups. So make better choices. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Of course, be sure uh, to subscribe to the Early Bird Podcast right there at the Awesome MLB Podcasting Channel. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the MLB Early Bird Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.